and welcome to Kane's Top 5 Under 5, the five most important stories in cybersecurity for November 2023. I've often talked about risk on this and other podcasts, so for a change, we're starting with governance, the G in GRC, with the story, Understanding Governance, a Path for Privacy and Security Governance. Corporate governance is a keystone for privacy and cybersecurity, and it's heavily emphasized by Delaware law and the new SEC cyber rules. Governance starts with direction as the board sketches the company's broad vision. Strategy follows, rooted in the business judgment rule, focusing on long-term plans. Oversight and operations connected to the business judgment rule and the Caremark standard ensure monitoring and execution while potentially holding directors and officers accountable. Controls and reporting are integral as per Delaware law and requires issue recognition, reporting, and corrective action. A common mistake I've heard is that controls are somehow governance. While related, they're different. Governance's significance is underscored by Delaware's laws, especially with 60% of Fortune 500 companies incorporated there. The SEC cyber rules further stress a unified approach, emphasizing that good governance creates resilient privacy and cybersecurity programs, which is a prerequisite when threat actors are constantly challenging organizational resilience. Our second story is an article from Security Week about the recently signed executive order on artificial intelligence. The president signed an executive order addressing the lack of regulations in the United States that address artificial intelligence. The order aims to help guide the development of AI with a lens towards safety and security standards, coupled with consumer protections. Through the Defense Production Act, AI developers are required to share safety test results, though it's a bit unclear at the moment what that'll entail. There's also requirements for watermarking generated audio, graphics, and video, though it's likely that the tools used by the threat actors will omit that requirement. At least it'll help identify the AI-generated content that's in everyone's social media. Finally, there's direction to help identify and prevent discriminatory outcomes through the use of AI. The roadmap for this executive action stretches between 90 days to a year, with a keen emphasis on safety controls, and the U.S. Congress uh, might do something further. In our third story, we look at the relationship between compliance and cybersecurity as outlined in a tale of two roles. The financial sector, once a field where compliance and cybersecurity operated in silos, is witnessing something of a merger driven by evolving regulations and changing technologies. Chief compliance officers and CISOs now need to work together through a shared set of requirements. As modern businesses continue to grow, the approach to ensuring both compliance with regulatory demands and safeguarding against threat actors needs to grow with it. For example, the management of AI-driven platforms like chatbots requires a united from, from CCOs and CISOs to address both technology and compliance concerns. The article urges a unified strategy, and it makes sense. Industry should periodically reevaluate their cybersecurity and compliance frameworks, as well as who's responsible for them. A compliance operations approach to navigate complex regulations while maintaining a secure and trustworthy business environment, though challenging, is a necessary step towards building and maintaining trust. In the fourth story, the article, A Tool to Help Boards Measure Cyber Resilience from HBR, highlights a research-based method beneficial for CISOs, particularly if their boards are familiar with the balanced scorecard framework. The focus shifts from mere protection against threat actors to resilience, emphasizing the importance of robust response and recovery strategies post-attack. The article discusses board oversight and points out a disconnect between the data frequently shared by cybersecurity executives and the information required by the board. It introduces the balanced scorecard for cyber resilience, a tool designed to present complex data to board directors in a digestible format, incorporating varied indicators to evaluate an organization's cyber resilience. The emphasis here is on changing the reporting focus from technical data to business level risks and resilience strategies, promoting broader discussions on business risks and actionable 
mitigation plans, this appears to be a promising framework to bridge the communications gap between the board and cybersecurity leaders, aiming to improve organizational resilience against threats. In our fifth and final story, litigation preparedness following a data breach, three tips to consider during the incident response period, it's clear that making friends with counsel is an essential step to CISO success. The story describes a typical scenario where a threat actor breaches the company's defenses, which results in a series of legal actions. If you're a CISO, read this article and send it to your chief counsel before reviewing your incident response plan. For example, the article recommends incorporating a legal hold as part of the incident response plan. It also discusses the practice of offering identity theft services only when necessary and the importance of precise wording and breach notifications to minimize additional legal risks. It suggests managing disclosures cautiously and engaging forensic consultants via legal counsel's budget in anticipation of future anticipated legal disputes, a strategy we've seen firms use successfully in recent breach litigation. Thanks for watching today, and if you want to learn from top cybersecurity experts, be sure to follow our LinkedIn YouTube pages where we host our series of interviews with InfoSec pros.